The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meat Hook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And welcome to episode 297 of the Big Scary Show. Even though it's finally September, it's still hot out there. But don't let that deter you from the fact that many haunts open their doors in about a week. Some may already be open. Be sure to get out there, support those haunts, and let them know how happy you are that they're back and scaring people. Storm is ranting about skeletons on a plane in a hot minute. Myself, Meat Hook Jim, discusses military punishments in another installment of Between the Corpses. Badger reads the latest in Deadline News and the Old Crone and interviews the organizer of the Eureka Springs Witches Escape in her Ask the Old Crone segment. Veister returns with part one of his 20 years as a home haunter. There's a new September gruesome giveaway, and we're spending you some spooky tunes to celebrate the unofficial opening of haunt season. The Round Table of Terror discusses hiring actors and retaining actors at your haunt. Many haunts are still hiring, so this is still a timely subject. Where do you find them? How do you keep them? And how do you know that everyone you hire is reputable? We bring in a haunt owner and an expert in background checks to discuss ways they've handled this very important issue. Also, if you belong to the HAA, there may be some extra special just for you, so be sure to tune in. All this and so much more. We had the body, but you will become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. And please, support your local haunts. Looking to step up your costume? ZFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, 
cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> so this week I have a special guest with me on Ask the Old Crone, my friend Jeff Danos, who is the Director of Operations of the Eureka Springs Historical Museum and we're going to discuss the witch's escape. Hi, Jeff. Hello there. <laughs> so tell me a little bit of history of the witch's escape. Okay. So let's see. Well, this will be our third time um, hosting this event. Um, it started in 2019. It was uh, before I started working at the museum. Um, but I was involved a little bit back then. I, I actually DJed for it. So I, I knew a little bit about the origins of it. Um, essentially, the, the, the previous director had come up with this idea. It was uh, similar to something that she saw in another town, and she just thought it would be a you know a fun way to uh, um, make a little money for the museum. You know, this is one of our um, fundraisers for the year, and um, so yeah, so it, it essentially started off as a, kind of a costume and contest uh, event uh, for ladies, and. Um, it's kind of uh, picked up from there. We've, we've added quite a bit to it. Um, the last year that we did it, uh, we, we tried to pull in some more of the history of Eureka Springs, um, since that is our you know, mission statement. Um, there's not a whole lot of, of uh, history of witchcraft and things like that in the Ozarks, um, but we do, we do pull in some of the uh, information about like alternative healing and you know uh, people that were herbalists and, and things like that because... Um, you know, in the Ozarks, that was pretty common, but, you know, in any other part of the country, if you were a woman practicing alternative healing, you might have been called a witch. Exactly. And not just ladies. Men are definitely welcome. We kind of say Correct. witches and wizards. So Exactly. Yeah. The first the first year, it was, it was supposed to be kind of a ladies' day out thing, um, but we've, uh, we've expanded that. And so, yeah, at this point, um, we're completely... You know, uh, open to whoever wants to participate. Um, now, granted, um, one slight caveat: some of the things that we do are 18 and up, so um, there is that. But other than that, yeah, it's not just for for ladies anymore. So last year, I was lucky enough you invited me to come up, and I got to participate, and I got to MC the cackle contest, yep. which was a lot of fun. And there were a ton of people there. What was your attendance last year? Last year, we had about 300 sign up. That's great, you and know, and yeah, are you expecting at least that this year? And things, so. Yeah, and you're expecting at least that this year. Oh, we're hoping for it. We we're, were hoping. Okay. So <laughs> I you, think I think for some of some of our events right now are at about fifty percent sold. So okay. Um, and we still got another month. So. Okay. So this is going to be happening October sixth and seventh. You guys have expanded to two days. So Correct. What yes. kind of things can people expect? So, um, yeah, essentially we, we switched to two days just because, you know, last year we, we, we had some people that told us there's just so much to do in one day. Um, so we figured out, well, let's, let's spread it out into two days. So basically what we're looking at is um, on Friday, October, October the 6th, 
um, we're having what we call Boo University, which is kind of a witch's school. Uh, so, you know, playing a little bit off of Harry Potter, but we're really trying to make it our own, and we're pulling in some some history and things like that. So, um, so the the Friday event, like I said, Boo University, is uh, it's going to be hosted at the uh, Eureka Springs Community Center. And so um, we will have workshops and presentations. Uh, we're really excited about some of the, the people that are going to be presenting. Um, just to, to give you a, a quick rundown of a few, few of the people that are going to be there, we have um, Abby Burnett uh, is a, a acclaimed author uh, who does books about um, graveyards and symbolism in the cemetery and things like that. So she's going to be teaching a class about that. Um, we have our uh, local Good Shepherd uh, Humane Society um, is going to be there talking about uh, dark familiars, so black cats and dogs, um, kind of talking about the, you know, the stigma behind those animals, um, which which goes all the way back to you know, the Salem witch trials and that type of thing. Um, but it's it's a stigma that's still, you know, superstitions that still hang on today, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's actually a fact that you know black cats and dog parts. So it's uh, so they're going to talk a little bit about that and talk about the history of that. Um, probably bring in some animals as well, so that'll be fun. Um, we've got a, a class about the uh, the smudge stick. Uh, Lorna Trigg is actually a native of South Africa and uh, learned about herbal healing from her grandmother and some of the indigenous people there. So she's going to bring some of her knowledge in and talk about that. Uh, and then we have the uh, the infamous witches dance, uh, which I think you got to see last time. I did. Uh, they're going to be teaching that again, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, then we have another uh, historical kind of a mystery hike that we're going to send them on. So lots and lots of stuff happening, and that's just Friday. Um, you know, and then, and of course, Saturday, uh, we, we really wanted to give people a little more time on Saturday to explore downtown and, and, and do their shopping. Because last year we had a, a, a big game of, uh, we called it Witches Bingo. It was a shopping game. And we had a lot of people that said, well, you know, you're sending us all these scavenger hunts and all this other stuff. And we really want to be able to go into the shops, too. So um, so Saturday, all day long, pretty much, uh, they're going to get to go out and do the Witches Bingo shopping. Uh, which essentially is, is a, a game where, you know, if they spend $5 or more in a store, they put on their bingo card. Uh, if they get a bingo, they put their card in the cauldron in the base of the park, and we pull uh, names for lots of really fun prizes that we give out. And then, of course, as you know, we have the uh, the cackling contest, which uh, you will be um, first auditioning the people, and then, of course, you'll be judging the finalists in the park. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we do our, our costume contest, too. So... It was a blast last year. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, getting to MC uh, the cackle contest and really interact with everyone was was such a blast for me. And I'm thrilled. Such a good job. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm thrilled to be able to come back this year. Um, so, if anyone is interested about coming to Northwest Arkansas to Eureka Springs, one of the most haunted towns in all of the country, um, home of the Crescent Hotel. If they want to participate in the Witches Escape, how do they find out more information and get tickets? Easiest place is just to go to the website, and it's just witchesescape.com. Perfect. So it's, uh, all, everything's on there. we got the ticket links, uh, information about everything that's going on, the schedule. Um, yeah, and then the only thing I didn't mention, so Saturday night, the 7th, we're also hosting the uh, Witches and Wizards Ball, oh, that's and that's right. going to be in the haunted underground level of the city auditorium. Perfect. Well, Jeff, thank you for sharing all of this information. I'm sure we've got a lot of witches and wizards out there who would be very interested in this. And I can't wait to see you October 6th and 7th. 
I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you. She's different, 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 different. She's the girl with the power to turn you on, to turn you off. She's just what Satan ordered for a witch's holiday. She sparks a picture so unusual, only the theater can tell you the title. You don't believe in witches? You'd better believe in this one. She'll blow your mind. In Eastman Color, from Joseph Brenner Associates. Hey, this is Dee Snyder, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. That's right. Chris Thomas, Music for Haunts, Creepy Town, on The Big Scary Show. haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here, and you are listening to Deadline News for episode 297. Looks like we're going to hit episode 300 sometime around Halloween. But, we're going to start off with a little bit of sad news. This from Mystery Manor in Omaha, Nebraska. With sadness and love, Mystery Manor Haunted Theater has decided to close our doors permanently. Thank you for all the love and support of this small Omaha business for the past 38 years. Wayne always said without you there is no show. 
and that has reason that has rained true for this whole time. However, we will continue to move on as our crew has found new haunts to call home, and some have decided to put away their costumes and makeup. We loved being a part of Omaha's legacy as one of the first haunts and helping change lives. Please support all the other Omaha and local haunts this year as this is a huge change for us and it's also a change for them. Each and every haunt has something unique and special to them and we at Mystery Manor cannot thank them enough for their love during our hardships and their willingness to take on our crew when they needed a home the most. We love you Omaha and thank you. Visit mysterymanoromaha.org for any updates. We have a little convention news, this time from the Nightmare Weekend, coming to Richmond, Virginia. Meet Richard Dreyfus at Nightmare Weekend Richmond. Join us October 13th through the 15th at the Greater Richmond Convention Center. Richard Dreyfus is, of course, best known as Matt Hooper in the film Jaws. Roy Neary in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Kurt Henderson in American Graffiti, Glenn Holland in Mr. Holland's Opus, Dr. Leo Marvin in What About Bob, and so much more. Get more information on this show at nightmareweekend.info. We have a little hiring news, this time from Carowinds Theme Park in Charlotte, North Carolina, my old stomping grounds. Anyone can monster. Scarewinds is searching high and low for the creepiest scare actors this side of the grave to join the Scarewinds terror team. Show us your drop-dead talent during creature casting calls every Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Learn more at jobs.cedarfair.com. Staying in North Carolina, we have this news from the Hillside Horror Haunted Attraction in Roaring River, North Carolina. We want you to join our undead crew for the 2023 season at Hillside Horror. We're now taking applications for the haunt season. If you love Halloween and want to get paid to scare people, then complete our links on our website and a member of our management team will reach out to you shortly. First priority will be given to those applicants that can commit to every night we're open. You must be at least 16 years of age. If you're under 18, a parent must sign your applications. Get more information at their Facebook page and links to those applications. Facebook.com slash Hillside Horror Haunted Attraction. We have this from Nightmare Cleveland Haunted House in Cleveland, Ohio. What you witnessed last year was only the beginning. Nightmare Cleveland has been massively expanded for 2023. The experience this season clocks in around 40 minutes, making it the largest haunted attraction in the Cleveland area. We have been working all year long to bring you an incredible and horrific horror experience unlike anything you've ever seen before. Tickets are on sale soon, and get more information at NightmareCleveland.com We have this news from Exit 13 Haunted House in Mount Morris, Michigan. Attention all Haunted House fans. Surprise! We have worked the bugs out and we're back. Exit 13 will open its doors for this season. However, this will be the final season of Exit 13. 
We're looking to hire all positions, so please send a message to the Exit 13 Facebook page before Friday, September 15th to be considered. Someone from the crew will reach out to you for an interview. You must be 18 years old and have reliable transportation, and a background check will be conducted after your initial interview. Get more information at facebook.com slash exit 13 haunted house. That's the number 13. And finally, we have some sad news from the Midwest Monster Fest in East Moline, Illinois. We are very sad to announce that this year of Midwest Monster Fest has been canceled. Due to the lack of ticket sales and other contributing factors, we're not in a place financially to be able to put on the show from their own pocket. We've been contemplating this for a while for the mere fact that we were not sure if it was the right idea. We would just like to say thank you to the people who've been supporting us from the beginning. We wouldn't have been able to make it this far without the help of you guys showing up. We couldn't have kept doing it, so thank you. To any vendors or ticket holders who hear this and are confused, for vendors we will be sending out emails soon to each vendor individually with information about receiving refunds over the next few weeks. Any questions, please reach out through email mwmonstervendor at gmail.com. Online ticket holders will receive a refund by the end of September. And anyone who purchased tickets at Co-op or Ragged Records, take your ticket back for a refund. Again, we apologize to anyone who was looking forward to the event and for any inconvenience to any vendor or actor and actress. This breaks our heart just as much as you guys. Get more information at facebook.com slash Midwest Monster Fest. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth, this is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so spooky season is upon us, and one of the biggest themes and biggest attractions of 
uh, any year for the past, you know, a couple dozen years, is Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. This has gotten to be such a big thing uh, that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a collector thing. It's something everybody wants to go to and get to. But, um, you know, it's time to market on the fact that not everybody can get there. So, now we have an issue with Skeletons on a Plane. Yes, that's right. They have opened up a, a um, Halloween Horror Nights store in the Orlando airport. Now, you know, us haunters, we, we know we've carried some weird things on the planes and, you know, drive the TSA nuts with them, but usually they're in a check bag or something, and we don't have to carry, you know, the props and stuff we buy on the plane itself. You know, it's, it's, it's all packed away. But this is an actual store located on the third floor of Terminal B, open uh, through September and October, where you can buy Halloween Horror Nights merchandise, which then you can take on your plane with you. So, skeletons on a plane. Now, you know, in most sense, it's going to be, you know, your, your shot glasses, your keychains, some lanyards, uh, magnets. You might have the occasional person buy one of those big metal signs and have to lug that on there. Maybe some stickers and stuff. Uh, occasionally a jacket, t-shirt, and things. So, you know, maybe it's not too bad on, on what's going to be on a plane. Until I'm scrolling through and I find the animated Chucky popcorn bucket. That's right. This thing looks like, you know, the Chucky doll, the psycho serial killer kid's toy. But it's got light-up eyes and it says three things. Uh, that's all you need, is some kid buying one of those in the airport and sitting two rows from you, and every five minutes you're hearing Chucky telling he's going to kill you or something, or if he wants to play. Oh boy, th this is the start of it. Skeletons on a plane. We're, we're going to be stuck with these weird-ass, you know, things like that. So, you know, we're going to give Haunting a bad name by selling the souvenirs in the airport. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know... Now something for us to aspire to. If you really want a big haunt, have your own store in an airport like Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, I guess that's the new benchmark. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Hi, this is the Wednesday Night Delight Johnny Mundo, formerly known as WWE Superstar John Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Excellent.
And ladies and gentlemen, that music does mean the Round Table of Terror, once again sponsored by HauntPay, is on the air. And this is a bit of a timely one, although it might be a little bit late in the season. But right now, if you've been listening to the news, big scary news, and everything else going on in the haunt industry, you know the biggest story right now is hiring. Haunts all over the United States, all over the world, are now hiring for haunted attractions, hayrides, home haunts even are starting to hire. And one of the biggest problems in the haunt industry is finding enough workers to work your haunts, especially since COVID. And it's not necessarily the nobody wants to work anymore excuse because everybody knows working at haunted houses is the greatest job ever. But, but there are still some issues with, uh, Getting people hired, retaining people, you know, there are haunts that start with 35 people and they end with 12. And there are people who start with 100 and they end with 100, but there are 95 of them are different people. So we decided to kind of throw the word out there to some haunt owners. What do you do? How did you solve your problems with hiring if you had them in the first place? You know, obviously a lot of big haunts, there are probably waiting lists to get into. You know you know the haunts I'm talking about. But a lot of the smaller and mid-range haunts are really just kind of scrambling to find people. They say people are going to, they say they'll be there and then they're not. So how do you deal with it? What do you do? We got a couple of people with us who know a little bit about hiring. And of course, something that's also very important in hiring, especially these days, is background checks. So we are going to get into that topic as well. But I do want to introduce our guests for tonight. First off, somebody who has got a little bit of experience about hiring. We have Sean Fenner from Demon Acres Haunted Attraction up in Hannibal, New York. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? It is great having you. Very interested in hearing your story. We also have Dan Voss from Halloween Background Checks. I believe he's based out of the Kansas City area. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. (laughs) I'm a Panthers fan, so I just hang my head in shame. Go Bills. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, you know, um, they have a very interesting, interesting thing going on, especially if you're a member of the HAA. Dan, how are you? Outstanding. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you, as well as our regular co-host up in Rhode Island. We have Storm. Yeah, where it was fall last week, and we let the pumpkin spice flow, and now it's summer again. I'm not sure how that happened. We're in that false summer Satan's butthole-type heat right now down here. It sucks. Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. You know, I have had nothing but technical audio difficulties all weekend long. I'm tired of this crap. (laughs) it's the heat blame it on that somebody who also may have a few questions about hiring over in Fayetteville Arkansas we have Jonna aka the old crone you know if I had a dollar for every person who said they were going to show up for an interview and did not show up for an interview I'd have lots of money for my haunt there you go my name is Drew Badger in Charlotte North Carolina home of the aforementioned Satan's butthole weather it is miserable here And apparently there's a lot of haunts out there that are having a miserable time hiring actors. You know, I've been to a couple of conventions this year and have talked to some people about, you know, how's things going, how's the builds going. And and lots of people are telling me the biggest issue I'm having is hiring. You know, 
it's not the nobody wants to work anymore. It's the uh, high school kids can't rely on them. College kids can't rely on them. Football season, World Series, whatever. You know, what do you do when you can't find people to work your haunted attraction? And, you know, I've been to haunts where they've had as little as a dozen people. I've been to haunts with, you know, two or three hundred actors, it seemed like. And uh, what do you do? Sean Fenner, you're with Demon Acres in Hannibal, New York. Have you had an issue with hiring people? And if so, what have you done? So I came on as the actor director uh, two years ago. And at that point, we had 20, 25 actors. Um, and obviously, there's two components to getting actors. There's recruitment and retention. And I said, well, I know how to recruit. Where can I go to recruit? So I started to think out of the box. You know, where do like-minded people hang out? Where do we, where do we find our people? And I said, you know what? I'm a theater geek. Let's look at theater programs. So I started sending letters out to all the high school theater programs, community theater programs. We're not too far from a couple colleges. So I hit the theater programs up there. Um, and what was a big return, especially this year, um, there are two local audition Facebook pages and put our audition uh, event on those. Um, just like any other actor request would go. And uh, this year, I'm very, very grateful to say I'm probably, when all is said and done, going to have about 75 actors. That, that, that's an impressive that's an impressive turnaround for two years. It, yes. Yes. I, uh, I am very happy. <laughs> I don't claim to be perfect at it, but I, you know, uh, I think I've, I've hit on something and it's working for us. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy about it. Hey, One Sean, of my... let me ask you: Do you hire more than you expect to need, uh, knowing that some are probably going to drop off? We try to. Um, honestly, this is the first year I've had more people than I've needed. Um, there are some that you know we we go okay, they're not going to last. They're not going to last, and we usually we only drop off two or three generally during the season, which is really nice. Um, and I'm hoping that trend, uh, stays. I think a lot of that comes with being very, very honest with people who have never done it before, right from the get go. Hey, you're going to be working late at night. It's going to be cold. It's going to be potentially miserable. We're in New York. It might snow, um, you know, things like that. And if they know that going into it, I'm like, tell us now, if, if that's not for you, that's cool. Walk away now. Don't tell me you're going to work and work for half a shift and disappear. It's it's kind of interesting. I see a lot of people who bring their friends because they're so into Halloween and I know my best friend is just going to love it here. And I have seen on more than one occasion where the original person leaves and the friend actually stays and winds up working for sometimes years afterwards. I, I cut my teeth at a theme park and I, I can think of one particular case where somebody I worked with an awful lot was drug in by a friend. And the friend basically dropped out, you know, right after the hiring process. And, and this person stayed for at least four or five years afterwards and, and was probably working there when I left for a few years. It's 
you never know, do you? You know, they think it's just going to be, you know, you're you're having fun, you're making people scream, wet their pants, and you're going to laugh at them and tell some great stories at the end of the night. And no, it's 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 a job. It is hard, like you said, it can be miserable. If you're in Texas, it's probably still, you know, ninety degrees in October and you know if you're in New York like you said or Minnesota or Chicago it could probably drop into the 40s and like you said maybe even snow and I think that was that was kind of why I wanted to aim for people that had acting backgrounds because they understand performance and that whole the show must go on and they tend to bring a little more to the table versus somebody that just likes Halloween and understands I need to jump out and go boo there's there's just way more to it and uh the actors have have really come through for me and i i it's i'm very grateful storm i know it's been a couple of years since you've worked in a haunt but did you have issues with hiring people at trails to terror in rhode island uh of of, of course and we'd have those same issues and you know especially no shows uh and you know you get a group at the beginning but the the biggest thing we found was you know doing the same thing to recruit actors you find some good stick with it and yeah referrals and people bringing is is huge but we would always work and have booth at the uh county fair and as a big event in rhode island and is in august and uh we'd be promoting the hayride itself but also that's where we would have applications and have people signing up for that. And that was our, our big membership drive. And that's, I think that's a big thing. If you do any parades, if you have any booths at conventions or fairs, if you're not actively, you know, trying to get people to sign up as actors at those events, uh, you're missing out, you know, that I'm not sure what else you're doing there because that should be a big uh, opportunity, a big thing to do. And, and I mean, it's just marketing and, and, and going after who you want. You know, if, if you want kids advertise towards high school and you're going to get, you know, the reliability of high school kids, if you want somebody older, you know, you, you gotta, you might have to throw in a couple more bucks or some different thing, but pitch it differently. You know, the, 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 the thing that, uh, between some of our older actors was, uh, I haunt for Christmas. You know, haunting bought Christmas presents for the family. You know, you, you put that on an ad or something, people are going to, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I can do this and go through it. Absolutely. John, I know you've done parades. How has that worked out for you? Well, we we have done parades. Um, it's helped a little bit. I haven't hired anybody from parades, but we did do um, the county fair a couple of weeks ago. And despite it being the lowest attendance ever at that fair because of the crazy heat wave that we had, I did get um, two staff members. I got an actor and a, um, his girlfriend's going to help with tickets in front of the oh, house. So nice. I did get two people from that. Yeah. The other thing to add on for like parades and stuff, you know, especially if you're not there and you're not engaging individuals, you know, come up with some, you know, you got the website, come up with something where they can, you know, go to a website and 
get on a mailing list or something so you can get back to them. You know, Fourth of July parade is a little early. You need to get back to them September and August. But, you know, uh, spend the 20 bucks, get, you know, workasabanshee.com and put that on your float, put that on your banner or something. And, uh, you know, just get people to, to pull into that, uh, you know, stickers with the QR code someplace need extra money, use this QR code and at least get them on a mailing list because that's the other big thing you have. If you have a mailing list and you, you have people reach out to and tell them, Hey, we're having our casting call this Saturday. Come on out. I mean, you, you know, people could have, uh, said they're interested two years ago there's no harm in shooting them an email in august to tell them when the casting call is and just, don't, don't forget don't, to go back to people who have worked for you in the past um you know life changes i've had people who um worked for me and got married and had babies and was gone for three years and then came back and have been working with me for the last four years you know so don't ever uh hesitate to reach out to past cast members who are no longer quote active and say, Hey, you know, remember how much fun we had? You want to come back? Come on. You know, if I can just dovetail on that a little bit, when we, my previous hunt, we did uh, a few parades and what we did is we would go to uh, like a Vista print or one of those and get a 500 business cards made up. And as we were walking the parade, we would hand out the business cards with here's our contact info. Here's the website. And it, it was kind of twofold because you were, you were looking for actors and, and you had on the back what you were looking for, but you also had, uh, you were advertising for your haunt. And that worked fairly well for, for that haunt as well. John, the, uh, the people you hired that worked in theater, do they tend or have they tended to be I hate to say the word better, but have they tended to be more reliable and, you know, happier to work there than people who just basically showed up to see what what it was all about it's it's tough to say they definitely take to it quicker um when you approach it from a performance standpoint um we my haunt tends to be a an actor-based haunt so that works very well um yeah i mean you definitely get the the kids that I like Halloween. So I've always wanted to do this and they get there and then they find out the work that goes into it. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to be here anymore. It's too cold. I can't talk to my girlfriend, you know, all that stuff that you would get. Um, but yeah, I think going back to that whole, the show must go on. They definitely tend to get into it, perform and, and stick with it because they, they just love to perform. Sure. Uh, Storm mentioned something about conventions, and and I've mentioned this on more than one occasion. You know, I travel to a lot of conventions for the show, you know, all over the country. And it still surprises me that there were so many good horror conventions, some of them nationally known, some of them just local, that do not have the local haunted attraction vending as a booth there, especially May, June, July, August. When people are just starting to think about it, if you're a haunted attraction owner and you're not advertising at, you know, one of the local horror cons, you are missing out on your prime demographic. There's not a single person that attends Days of the Dead or Horror Hound or Flashback Weekend or, you know, Monster Palooza that would not love going to or working at a haunted house. Not a single person, my opinion. 
So, you know, get out there and not just promote your haunt at these events. And there are some at various conventions, you know, I see, you know, a handful of places, but you can also say here, like Storm said, also put your name down on our mailing list. We'll let you know when we're starting our recruiting drive, you know, just send us an email and, you know, or scan this QR code and you're in. All you got to do is show up at that point. And a lot of people will go to that horror con, get in the Halloween kind of mood and think, oh, this might be fun and check it out. And you might have yourself some uh, some very cool actors from that. Sean, have you tried that? Is there anything up in the uh, upstate New York area that... Uh, they tried a couple that didn't really pan out. Um, hmm. There are a couple new ones that have started cropping up. Um, I th The th last thought when we talked about it was to kind of let them get their feet and see where it goes. Um see what kind of people they're actually getting there to make it worth spending the money to put the booth in. But you're absolutely right. Any horror convention, that's your core demographic right there. You know, whether it's somebody that's going to be coming to the event or somebody that might want to work. Absolutely. And let's not forget that a lot of those celebrities do make appearances at haunted houses, you know, signing autographs, doing photo ops and things. And a lot of times you might be able to get them at a decent price, which would also be a great marketing point for your haunt but i do want to remind everybody you are listening to the round table of terror here on the big scary show we are talking actor recruiting and a little bit of background checking with our special guests sean fenner and dan voss our usual co-hosts we're going to take a very short break here and we'll be right back are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction haunt pay has the answer we skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back to the round table of terror. We are talking with our very special guests, Sean Fenner and Dan Voss. Sean is with Demon Acres up in Hannibal, New York. And Dan Voss, who we really didn't hear from in the first part of the show, is with Halloween background checks. You know, we, we live in strange times these days and you can never be too careful. You know, that that guy that works as a serial killer in your haunt, you certainly hope he doesn't do that full time outside the haunt. So it is super important to conduct background checks for those people that you have freshly hired, whether it's from theater departments, temp agencies, parades or just the good old fashioned classifieds. Dan, tell us a little bit about what you do. How difficult is it? to get a background check done and what are the benefits? They should be self-explanatory, but I know that you can explain it a lot better than me. Yeah. Thanks for the intro. Um, Halloween background checks, we're a specialty consumer reporting agency that uh, we have about a dozen different brands. We've uh, proudly been uh, in the Halloween industry now coming on, on the fifth year. It's a unique industry that has its own, has its own challenges, but um, primarily with any background check, uh, what you're really looking to do and what uh, haunts, mazes, uh, doesn't matter what it is, is trying to figure out is 
You know, you're trying to reduce the risk. You're trying to maintain a safe working environment for your people, whether they're volunteers or employees, you know, just minimize that liability risk. And for the most part, protect your company's reputation. It's that one-off that uh, gets you, uh, we'll get the, you know, we'll get you. But uh, for the most part, since we're kind of nearing the hiring, you know, the end of the hiring phase or even the beginning of the hiring phase right now, what I really want everybody to understand under, under Halloween background checks is that, uh, we kind of understand your pain. Uh, nobody has enough time in the in the Halloween haunt industry. Uh, every, everything's an emergency. Everything's go time. Uh, so we've created a uh, basically a, a process that allows you to get signed up within 48 hours. Um, you literally will be able to start and complete your background checks in a matter of minutes to, I'd say maximum would be 30, 30 minutes. Um, we allow... Um, we allow the uh, our clients to be able to, uh, for example, if you had a, an actor in front of you that you just hired, uh, you can say, hey, Joey, uh, what's your mobile number? They can get on any connected device, t- type in their first name, last name, mobile number, and be able to send them a, a text. Text goes off. They, they, Joey clicks the text. He goes through. He signs everything and puts everything so you have to do nothing. Uh, and then basically, the our clients will get back a uh, an email that they click on a link and are literally looking for a waving red flag. And that's it. It's, it's super simple. So many, many, uh, they, many organizations kind of, you know, tend to to hold off or wait, or uh, you really aren't doing background checks when really the whole process and the cost and everything that goes into it is is very affordable. Now, when you say they get red flagged or not, when you, if you open an email, does it say, there's nothing here to report or does it say, you know, this guy had a traffic ticket or this girl had a DUI or something worse maybe, or what, what constitutes without getting specific, what constitutes a red flag on a report? And is there like a section of it that says, here's what to watch out for? Yeah. Typically you're either going to have no records found uh, that those results are going to come back uh, pretty, pretty quickly, almost instantly. If you do have some type of adverse information, um, a sex offender registry is a perfect example. Uh, the the <clears throat> sexual offense did not happen at the sex offender registry. Uh, we find many of our haunts are going off and um, checking the sex, sex, sex offender registries directly, either by the state or the feds. Um, and ultimately, they, there are, there's always you know local databases that they can get to. But ultimately, the uh, CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that uh, governs the Fair Credit Reporting Act, it's a uh, was updated last year in August, and it's uh, 117 pages of guidance. Uh, we'll let them know that, that that's something that they should not do. They we basically they're asking that the the records today um, be verified at the source of where it happened. And to answer your question specifically, um, we do not pass forward traffic um, in the hunt industry. You would be you would be fortunate because that that's a it's a it, it, there's a lot there. Um, but really, what we're talking about more is to reduce your risk. You know, we're really talking about crimes that are going to create a red, create a red flag, like theft, embezzlement, any type of crime of, of crimes of violence against someone. Uh, abuse doesn't matter if it's up or down the food chain from uh, children to elderly you know, obviously the sexual offenses and then sometimes identity and, and theft and fraud they're you know basically advert people that have adverse information they don't typically try to supply their correct name because they know how they've been convicted and charged so they try every type of alias on the planet to have you not try to find something on their background check uh, Sean, has uh, Demon Acres ever used background checks? And if so, 
to what extent? We have not to this point. Um, we're uh, at that cusp that I think we're going to have to start looking at that over the next year or two. We're definitely getting the numbers up there um, to warrant it, I think. Um, and we're, we're trying to grow as a company, uh, as an organization, as a haunt. And uh, it's definitely something that's on the radar. Okay. Now, now, Johnny, you you have used background checks at Banshee Manor, correct? Yes. Um, we recently started using the background checks for our escape room attendants. And that's partly uh, because they're going to be going out to um, family-friendly events. Um, we're going to hopefully be doing private parties before long. And I like being able to, with confidence, say um, all of our staff has gone through background checks. Um, for my peace of mind, and also for any parents that may be looking at having us come out and do a teenager's party or something like that, you know, I want them to be able to see that. And we're not just, you know, double checking to make sure that there's no, um, uh, you know, sexual registry or anything like that. But we're also, you know, they're dealing, handling money, you know, so I want to make sure that there's no theft and things like that. So we are probably going to be doing um, background checks here pretty soon once we get our final cast list um, on our haunt staff as well, because again, we're in a family friendly park, even though we're not, we're, you know, I consider my haunt a PG-13, uh, you know, there's still around, um, you know, there's still kids around like whenever we're building and stuff. And I just, I just like being able to have the peace of mind, you know, knowing, um, that my staff is good because you like to think that you have great instinct. You like to think that you can um, kind of tell if somebody's sketchy or hiding something. And so you're not going to hire them, but you know, you, you just never know until you know. <laughs> and uh, the ease of being able to work with Halloween background checks was super, super easy and um, totally painless for me and the, the staff who's gone through it. I mean, literally sent them an email. They went to the link on the email and it took them to my landing page that they set up specifically for my my business. And they answered the questions and I had the answers back in just lickety split. Could not be happier with wow. the process. And you're a member of the HAA. And from what I understand, the HAA has a... I don't want to say a special deal, but it kind of is if you're an HAA member and you, you decide you want to go with that. Yeah, you get a discount on um on doing background checks. And I assume that that may become more and more industry standard as as the years go on. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but I think this is the I'm first assuming... year, isn't it, Dan? Uh, no, actually, we've started... Um... Like I said, this is going into the fifth year of uh, oh, help, okay. helping out. We uh, we started back whenever uh, Brett was uh, Brett Molitor was the president um, a couple okay. times there, and uh, Spencer Terry's recently taken over. And I know you guys have recently had Brent uh, on yes. the, on your on your podcast as well. So yeah, yeah we've well. uh, uh, on top of that, we also have a uh, kind of a pseudo integration with Haunt Scheduler. Uh, so if anybody out there uses Haunt Schedule to bring on or onboard their people, uh, it literally is 
uh, it takes really seconds for us to uh, to work out the integration uh, with Haunt Scheduler to be able to send or broadcast out uh, emails to the applicants within Haunt Scheduler. Yeah. And then as far as ease of use goes, um, similar to what you were talking about, John, they, um, we do, we do, you can text, you can email, you, we create a web check portal so that you can send one or a hundred people to. So you just have to send out one broadcast email. Uh, we also can create a URL for you <clears throat> that you can literally put on your website inside your own website. Uh, we typically prefer intranet. Um, and really there's, there's no limit to how easy and there, you don't have to choose one. We give you all these different options. It's very simple. Uh, you can send out a broadcast email similar to what John is doing. And then all of a sudden you don't have five people that didn't reply. So you just, you log in, you send it, send out a text. Uh, and typically those texts will come back pretty quick and you're, you're done for the season. And I would really recommend, I've, I've mentioned this before in my Ask the Old Crone segments, is put on your applications, are you willing to submit to a background check? That way they know ahead of time that they might be asked to do that. And if they say no, that's a huge red flag. And also that once you do hire them, they can't say, well, wait a minute, I didn't know there was going to be a background check. So put that on your applications. Will you, are you willing to submit to a background check? Yeah, and on top of that, based on the, uh, like I said, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that governs the Fair Credit Reporting Act, that was updated here recently. There's all kinds of guidance that's in that. And so one of the one of the simple advantages is that regardless of what you have the applicant sign, uh, we're going to have all the correct paperwork for you. So it's all baked and built in. Uh, and literally at the end of uh, when, whenever you, you get notified once every applicant is done, but we provide you a dashboard uh, that you can literally see who's done and you that you can even sort it by red flags does anybody have a red flag so many of the haunts they don't even look into the background checks they just look for the red flags and dig into what type of offense they actually have um and some of that can even be term-based so some of the the you know more heinous crimes you, you're gonna you're gonna exclude everybody but some of the other ones uh, you may say, oh, a DUI, I, I don't, you know, seven, 10 years from now, I, I don't really care if they have one. I'm still going to hire the person. So the types of offenses that are baked in aren't necessarily hard stops. And the uh, FTC, that's part of the CFPB, they, they don't want you to uh, not hire somebody if there's a very simple misdemeanor. They want you to, you know, obviously, and hopefully uh, under, understand that these people can be reconditioned and reprogrammed. <laughs> okay, so Dad, if someone needed to get a hold of you, what would how would they get a hold of you to get yeah, the, more about Halloween yeah, checks? The, the best thing would just be go to HalloweenBackgroundChecks.com uh, and click on uh, we have a yellow um, a yellow button there that will it basically says uh, learn more about us and that will take them into uh, two different portals. One they, they they can try a tutorial out and schedule a tutorial. It's a self scheduling uh, situation. Or they can just go to, to the sign up button and sign up. All accounts are free. There's no cost to have an account, maintain an account. Uh, we bill in the first of every month based on the activity that you that uh, our clients have had from the previous month. Other than that, you don't hear from us. Awesome. Excellent. Now, I, I'm and I apologize in advance on behalf of the show. We are very pressed for time due to some certain technical issues we're having with the show. So we are going to have to wrap this up very quickly. Any final questions from the hosts or other? Just contact oh, yes. information for Sean. If anyone wants to work for, for his haunt, 
That's Absolutely. It. Sean, what, where can people get more information about Demon Acres? When are your opening dates and all that good stuff? Uh, our website is demonacres.com. Easy enough. And uh, we are opening the first weekend in October, running every uh, Friday and Saturday through October in the last two Sundays. Are you going to be open Halloween night? We are not, because we're going to go enjoy some other haunts, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Hopefully those haunts have conducted background checks and don't have any, you know, any of those weird folks working for them that, uh, that we all tend to gravitate towards. But once again, we want to thank our guest, Sean Fenner from Demon Acres Haunted Attraction, Dan Voss from Halloween Background Checks. Again, if you're an HAA member, you do get a special discount. Talk to them for details. And of course, we could not do this show without our great co-hosts, including Storm. Uh, whatever size your haunt, looking at background checks, you come off as a more professional employer that way, at the very least. Meat Hook Jim. Do background checks. It'll help, I promise. Uh, I'm sure it helped you with Maul at some point in the past. It of course, the old crone. Ajana, when is Banshee Manor opening? We are opening Friday the 13th with a little Scottish version of Jason. And uh, we're going to be announcing this week, too, that also we're having the Ghostbusters are going to come and investigate the manor. So we got a lot oh. of exciting stuff this season. But, guys, great show. Thank you so much for being on. What's the website for Banshee Manor? BansheeManor.com. My name is Drew Badger, and I do want to say, folks, Haunted houses and attractions are opening all over the country this week, next week, and the subsequent weeks coming. Get out there and support your local haunts. This is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. This is Nick Stahl from Terminator 3, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Passion is what drives us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And we are just getting started. From Flex Props to nine foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's creepy. Sam Haynes. All Hallows on the Big Scary Show.
And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you're listening carefully to the show. It is time for the gruesome giveaway for the month of September, the last gruesome giveaway before October. And of course, we're sponsored, as always, by ScreamlineStudios.com. Now is the time. You can't put it off anymore. Get over to ScreamlineStudios.com and get all your Halloween supplies. You know how this works. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. Please email us the answer to this question along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on Monday, September 18th. And you could be randomly selected to be a winner. It's just that simple. Now, without further ado, the question for the September gruesome giveaway is... During Deadline News... I mentioned that Mystery Manor in Omaha, Nebraska has decided to close. How many seasons were they open? If you think you know the answer to that, again, email us bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on September 18th with the answer, your name and your number, and you could be randomly selected as the winner. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win... And, of course, thank you to ScreamlineStudios.com for supplying fantastic prizes each and every month here on The Big Scary Show. Good luck. Jerry Vane, Cirque du Macabre, from the CD Circus of Nightmares, a Big Scary Show exclusive.
Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on another episode of our journey down torture and execution, we are going to talk about army discipline. Military punishments were merciless. Any rank and file soldier who stepped out of line knew what terrible fate awaited him a taste of the cat. The much feared cat of nine tails consisted of nine lengths of rope or leather thonging, each measuring at least two feet and knotted in three places. A man flogged by this would have his back, shoulders, and ribs shredded by hundreds of lashes. As the cat thongs became heavier with blood, their effect worsened. Flogging was authorized in the 1689 Mutiny Act and quickly became a regular feature of army life. Even minor offenses were resolved by flogging. One soldier received 50 lashes after making a complaint about the quality of bread being served to his regiment. A 60-year-old who had been kept who had kept an exemplary military record for 30 years was given 300 lashes for one day's absenteeism. Around the same time, a soldier in Gibraltar was flogged to death for being dirty on parade. Those responsible for whipping, often drum majors, were relieved every 25 strokes to regain strength. They practiced upon trees, pulping the bark. John Shipp was one of the soldiers with the duty of flogging. In his book, Flogging and Its Substitute, he described its effect. When the offender was tied, or rather hung up by the hands, his back from intense cold and the effects of previous floggings exhibited a complete blue and black appearance. On the first lash, the blood spurted out some yards, and after he received 50, his back from the neck to the waist was one of continued stream of blood. The victim later committed suicide. A surgeon was at hand to stop the punishment when the victim was on the brink of his endurance. However, it was difficult to say how much a man could bear before dying. The surgeon's judgment was often awry. Alexander Somerville, a private in the Scots Guards, described what it was like being whipped. I felt an astounding sensation between the shoulders under my neck which sent me to my toenails in one direction, my fingernails in another, and stung me to the heart as if a knife had gone through my body. He spent eight days in hospital after receiving 100 lashes. Greater greater agonies awaited the men who received the sentence more than once. 
the pain of a newly healed skin being ripped open once again with one stroke was said to be far worse than the numerous strokes of the initial punishment. Debate over whether flogging was humane or even desirable raged throughout the 19th century. King George III restricted the number of strokes to a thousand in 1807. In 1934, a royal commission decided that while the number of lashes should be lowered further, flogging was a valid punishment. The Duke of Wellington, among others, felt that the threat of a whipping was a deterrent that maintained discipline. The commission's findings reflected national feelings among civilians who favored the whip. Sir Robert Peel told the Commons that he had always been friendly to the punishment of whipping when exercised within salutary limits. Have not been able to find a single instance of abuse for the last seven years. Clearly, he had not been looking at the Army and Navy where examples of sadism were not hard to find. The number of lashes re was reduced to 50 by the middle of the century and flogging was finally abolished in 1881. Well, I'm not flogging anybody and I don't want to get flogged, so don't get any funny ideas. Great talking to y'all. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Paramount Pictures presents A Duel, Ghoul, Devil, Scream Show. Scream number one. Frankenstein and the monster from hell. See the eeriest transplant in the history of horror. His brain came from a genius. His body from a killer. His soul came from hell. It's the newest and most frightening Frankenstein ever filmed. Scream number two. Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. The only man alive, feared by the walking dead. Born the night creatures and the black Captain Kronos is here. Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Plus, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, all shot. In color, both rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Now scream! Hello, my name's Dan Voss. I'm part of Halloween Background Checks, powered by Background Checkology, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Hi, I'm Sean Fenner from Demon Acres in Hannibal, New York, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You'll meet her at night in a dark place. She's beautiful. 
And she'll be waiting for you. Waiting to love you to death. <coughs> New World Pictures presents The Velvet Vampire. She'll love you to death. And on the same bill, this second horror shocker, Scream of the Demon Lover. Was he a man? Or was he the depraved monster resurrected from a grisly death to stalk the night with a loathsome craving which only the most unspeakable horrors could satisfy? You'll find out when you hear the scream of the demon lover. It may be the last sound you hear. See the Velvet Vampire and Scream of the Demon Lover, both in shocking color, rated R. If you see them at night, don't walk home alone. Greetings, Frighteners, and welcome to a very special edition of the Weister's Haunted Vista. That's right! As I mentioned last time around, I was planning to do something for Halloween on the Big Scary Show, but I really didn't have much of an idea until someone brought it to my attention that this year, 2023, marks the 20th anniversary of my wife and my home haunt, aptly named the Weister's Haunted Vista. Do you know what you're full of? At this point in time, a lot of chips and salsa. Oh, good grief. After speaking with Drew a little bit on the subject and giving some serious consideration, we're going to take a look back at my 20 years. No, 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 we're not going to go detail by detail. But I wanted to give out some insights, some thoughts, and some of the lessons learned, especially in the fact that we are doing this from an apartment complex, and probably for the last time, at least here, but I've said that before, haven't I? What? Shut up! You make me nervous! <coughs> Okay, now regarding my own personal background in terms of haunting and Halloween and all that sort of thing, I've waxed nostalgic on Big Scary more than a couple of times, and I will be touching on a little bit of that, but the bulk of it can be found on my blogspot page, The Vicer's Halloween Haunt Journal, in particular the January 2012 and February 2016 entries, where I really went in-depth on some of the stuff that I was raised up on and affected my views in terms of Halloween, haunting monsters, etc., etc., for starters, and I'm always surprised at myself that I never brought this point up before, you have to love this sort of thing to be able to do it. There is not a lot of money to be made out of it. I mean, it can lead to a professional haunting, but that's a horse of another color. But if you're going to do this kind of thing, you really have to be in love with the season, with these characters. I mean, in my case, it's Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, etc., Universal Classics, and the traditional stuff like the Headless Horseman. Because otherwise, if you're doing it for, as I mentioned before, profit, there ain't any if you're, especially if you're a home hoarder, and B, if you're psychologically scarred by something or genuinely frightened of these characters, why are you even doing this in the first place? Awkward! 
In all seriousness, I've run into a few folks who do this as kind of an exorcism to dispose of their childhood fears, and it just doesn't work like that. You genuinely have to love this kind of thing to be able to do it successfully. I mean, come on, let's face it. This is a tremendous exercise in self-indulgence. Let's not kid ourselves here. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Regarding childhood influences and having been born and raised in the Windy City back in the 70s and 80s, and the abundance of horror films that were running on the UHF channels during the mid to late 1970s, Thing Theater, Monster Movie 1 and 2, Creature Feasers, etc., etc., culminating in the first appearance of Rich Coe's as Thomas Fenguli on June 16, 1979. Also worth noting, too, is that I was raised in the early to mid-70s, I mean, I was in my single digits at that point, and the famed monster craze was still in full effect. It was termed a last gasp at that point in the game, but I don't know. There was plenty of monster stuff to go around from the monster cereals, monster models, monster toys, etc., etc. Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman still held full sway in terms of a Saturday afternoon matinee theaters on television and in the theaters, too. There was still quite a bit of that going around. Another point I never really gave full vent to in regards to my development as a haunter in the mid to late 70s was the older brothers of some of the friends in the neighborhood. What am I talking about here? That would have to be the rock and roll thing. I mean, sure, we can go ad nauseum about Alice Cooper and Kiss and all their theatrics having an effect on the Halloween industry, and to a large and by, they did. But in terms of a more personal aspect, for starters, I distinctly remember playing in a friend of mine's backyard and his older sister came home with this huge fluorescent felt black light poster of Christopher Lee as Dracula. This was around 75, 76, 77, and the thing was gorgeous. She wouldn't let me near it, but believe me, I took note. And for the life of me, I never saw it again, and I've been all over the internet, eBay, etc., etc. I'd love to get my hands on that thing. I was denied as a child. I will not be as an adult, but never mind. How does that grab you, Caesar? Now, in regards to the older brothers, from time to time they would take pity on us and let us into their humble abodes where it was all these fluorescent posters, black lights, and I got exposed to a lot of stuff that would become popular five, six years down the line. I didn't know that. I distinctly remember spending several Saturday and after school afternoons in the company of my friend's older brothers being bathed in fluorescent lights taking in these rock and roll, Grateful Dead, Mushroom, and who knows what else kind of black light felt posters, and being exposed to albums like Rush's A Farewell to Kings and Hemispheres, Thin Lizzy, I can't remember which album, Blue Oyster Cult Spectres, Cheap Trick, and a few other notables who would get much bigger as the years rolled on. In terms of musical taste and influence, only Rush and B.O.C. really held sway over me, but that's a horse of another color. In terms of the black lights, the fluorescent colors, and all the glow-in-the-dark aspects, <laughs> we struck gold, Houston. Are you stoned or something? <clears throat> okay, we're definitely not going to get into that aspect of things, but never mind. Anyway, you throw into the mix the aforementioned Alice Cooper and Kisses theatrics, and well, obviously some seeds had been sown at that point. As a quick side note, I was also very affected by the 80s metal scene. Black Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cult, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, Dio, on and on and on. All these acts are going out with these tremendously theatrical stage productions to highlight their show, and it rubbed off on my generation, trust me on that. 
think I'm kidding? Go look at some of those old videos and then take a look at what's going on in the haunt scene nowadays. Trust me, that stuff had a big influence and a lot bigger than a lot of people we would want to give credit to. Alright, getting down to the meat and potatoes of this segment, one of the things my wife and I have always been asked over the last 20 years, and this is like a red line through everything we've done in terms of our home haunt, is how do we get away with this in an apartment complex? Simple. Communication is everything. Long and short of it, if you're going to attempt what Lisa and I have been doing all these years, get their permission first. It's that simple. And you may be surprised, a lot of apartment complexes are pretty open to this idea. Lisa and I have a certain amount of clout too as well. For example, number one, we always pay our rent on time. Number two, we really don't stir things up around the complex much and we're hardly ever home to begin with. And three, we've been doing this long enough now that even if the place switches owners, which it has, a couple of times they are aware of us and we become kind of a semi-local folklore slash legendary haunt in the city of West Carrollton Ohio as a matter of fact the last two seasons we actually took a number one home haunt award in the city of West Carrollton itself which is remarkable however we will not be doing it this year as a lot of our competition wants to basically string us up rumble 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 so, under threat of life and limb, we're going to kind of set out the competition this season. But going back to the apartment complex situation, basically, if they would put a curtail to us at this point, I do believe they would face a little mutiny of their own. And, let's face it, we're pretty good PR for them. People drive by a lot nowadays, especially the last two seasons, to check our situation out. So, killing us would probably kill a lot of goodwill, if you get my general drift. Combined with that, we've been here about 18 years now. So yeah, do the math. It's not hard to figure out. As a side note, however, we do limit the extent of what we're going to do in terms of creepiness or even gore. This is an apartment complex. We have a lot of children living here, so obviously there are certain limitations you have to put on your attraction. Now, as it stands, my wife and I are probably going to be renting a house sometime in mid-2024, but that remains to be seen. I said that before, but this time we're pretty determined, yada, yada, yada. That being said, when we do get a house, obviously we're going to up the creepy factor. Blood and gore has never been our big thing except for one year when we went to a garage sale. Somebody took note of who we were and like, ooh, you're the scary people. And my wife and I got it in our heads that we we're just going to make the goriest, nastiest things available on the patio until the management went, uh-uh-uh. Overall, however, we keep it on a very playfully scary kind of set pieces. The patio themes change every year. We've done everything from... Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman, the Mummy, the Headless Horseman, the Pumpkin King. Last couple of years we did themes including the Adams Family, Nightmare Before Christmas, and so on and so forth. In terms of the lawn itself, there are little sections of characters. We have a great pumpkin theme. We have a small cemetery with humorous tombstones. Overall, the vibe is creepy, but not terrifying. Now, if we get our own front yard, we're going to scary up the place up considerably and won't have to worry too much about little kids anymore. Out here, you have to watch it, otherwise you will traumatize them, and then the management will traumatize you. 
guards castrate him. And another point worth mentioning, and this is kind of common sense, is obviously if you're doing this in an apartment complex, check in with your neighbors to make sure they don't have any objections. We've been very blessed in as much as all of our neighbors have not only supported us, but if the wind knocks something over, a lot of them will go out and straighten the thing up for us without our knowledge, so... I didn't know that. Okay, some final points on this aspect of it. Number one, be very careful with the use of fog machines and strobe lights. Obviously, some people are going to have epilepsy issues, so strobes are used judiciously, to say the very least. And some people can get very annoyed with the fog machines if you're using them constantly. Case in point, a couple Halloweens ago, we basically let the thing run on Halloween all day, and the maintenance guy thought the place was on fire. He came running over looking to douse some things, and you can probably much figure out the rest. Let's try not to go to pieces. Okay, one last thing I did want to bring up. Now, I have mentioned that a lot of apartment complexes are open to this kind of idea, so I would recommend shopping around before you put your groots down anywhere and think you're going to get away with this. Now, case in point, about six years ago, the place we're living at was taken over by a different company, and we were very concerned that they were going to get all heavy-handed with us, so we started to shop around a little bit. Things turned out that we stayed put, but regardless of that, we did a lot of scanning around in terms of complexes nearby us, and most of them were up for it. A couple weren't. Some people can be very prejudicial in this regard, and we ran into one or two people who absolutely stonewalled us, even though the office ladies liked us, the grounds management, mm-mm, they weren't having any of it. Another thing to consider, too, is Lisa and I, by that point, had been doing it for quite some time already, so we had a certain amount of clout, and some of the management we ran into knew us already, so again, case in point, consider that carefully. Also worth mentioning, and I've spoken with a few people about this before my wife and I have considered doing it, when you go into home rentals, unless you're dealing with a really jerky HOA situation, most people who rent houses, as long as you don't burn the place down, really don't mind all that kind of hootenanny. Actually, it makes them look pretty good. And I suspect that's one of the primary reasons Lisa and I get away with what we get away with over here. If we would decide to move to another complex, would we get away with this? Hard to say. It would depend on where we went. But again, we know a lot of people in the area, so take that with a grain of salt if you're going to try this in an apartment complex. Start slow. That's the best advice I can give you. Do your patio, give them a really good show, and see what happens in following years. That's how we did it. And I think it turned out pretty well for us, don't you think? Okay, on that note, I'm going to stop here and pick up on the next issue of Big Scary Show, where we'll take a look at the chronological history and some of the stuff we picked up and gleaned over the years. And it was quite a bit, and we're still learning here even 20 years out. So, in the meantime, comments, critiques, suggestions, drop me a line at erweister at woh.rr.com or look me up under Lisa Eric Weister on Facebook. Yes, I'm back on, basically because my wife lets me borrow hers from time to time because I really don't feel like fighting with them anymore. And as ever, go and take a look at our blogspot page, the Weister's Halloween Haunt Journal, full of news, reviews, and tips you can use and abuse. In the meantime, I will see everybody next time, and always remember Sven Gulli's cradle and brush your fangs, comb your face, drink your milk before it clots, bite mama goodnight, and everyone have a safe and happy Halloween season 2023, and we'll pick up the ball again in a couple of weeks. Take care until then.
Mystery. Mystery. Room number seven. On the Big Scary Show. Yourself, if they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best, Von Karam.com. V O N C H A R O N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors Screamline Studios, Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Von Caron Productions, 
and VFX creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves. <laughs>